0: <laughs> yeah baby yeah do on Foo, hoof, fff, fucking na three yeah come on dude come on it's wednesday I'm fired up. Are you? It's the Detroiter. We're back. I'm Nick Bradley. We're talking sports today. We are talking sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'll tell you what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Motor City. We're talking about the Cardiac Cats. We're talking about Brad Holmes. We're talking about Dan Campbell. And we're talking about the Detroit football. Let's go, dude. Let's go. I'm fucking psyched. I'm psyched. We haven't done anything that crazy in free agency. Now here, here's the deal. It's March fourteenth, nine forty eight Pacific time, p.m. Pacific time. As I'm speaking, we've made some shit happen. We've made a couple moves. We haven't done anything totally crazy though. It hasn't been like a, we got Stefan Dick. No, no, nothing. No blockbusting. We've made a couple moves though, and we are not fucking around, brother. Brad Holmes, the time is now. The time is now. The iron's hot, brother, and he wants to strike, and I fucking love it. Every move he's made up until this point, we'll see. Still got money to blow, and we got time left in free agency. There's still a couple pieces out there that the Detroit Lions may or may not be interested in. We've got a draft coming up in about a month here. There's still plenty of pieces to be moved around the chessboard. Brad Holmes, though, is putting in us on a straight and narrow path for the NFC North fucking title, buddy. And I love it. Everything about it. Everything Brad Holmes has done in the last 48 hours, I love. Every single move he's made has made sense. He hasn't gone after anybody that's going to break the bank, whether it's financially, a crazy AAV, or... As far as term, no five, six, seven year, nothing crazy like that. He hasn't shaken the world up like I said. No busting, hasn't gotten any superstars. hasn't gotten a piece that'll have to, you know, change the dynamic of the way the offense works or the defense works. He's gone out and gotten guys that address positions of need that are gonna, that are going to come in and fit what we need them to do, and are going to immediately make the football team better. He's gone out and gotten a few guys already. Cam Sutton, cornerback from Pittsburgh. Um, who is the Niners guy? Mosley, Emmanuel Mosley, cornerback from San Francisco. And then his latest move, we'll see what happens Wednesday morning. Maybe he tops this. Pardon me, I just say dinner. I'm burping like a motherfucker. Had a bunch of garlic. I had Greek food. They put a bunch of garlic in it. It tastes great. Or uh, is it the onions? Onions, garlic, one of the two. It's onions, I think, actually. Anyways, a little burpy. His latest move, as of Tuesday night, David Montgomery, he signed. Yeah, that David Montgomery, the one who's been with the Chicago Bears for what feels like 10 years, but he's somehow only 25. David Montgomery coming in. Three guys, bang, right off the rip. And then the rest has just been bringing guys back. The rest has just been keeping the culture together. The rest has been. A couple glue guys. A couple guys you're going to get at a bargain. A couple guys that did some good work for the Detroit Lions last year. You didn't have to break the bank for. You didn't have to give them some crazy contract. You can look around the league, and there's some comparable production players getting way fatter paydays than some of the guys Brad Holmes bringing in. Anzalone, Tremaine Edmonds. You look at the statistics from last year. You look at the production. You look at the tackles. You look at the sacks. You look at everything. Tremaine Edmonds, Alex Anzalone, Not too far off. Now, do I love Alex Anzalone? Is he dick butt kiss? Am I crazy about the guy? Would I kiss his butt? No, I wouldn't. Um, Is Tremaine Edmonds bad? No, no, he isn't. But you look at the bit. I think he got like 15 or 16 a year. Tremaine Edmonds, five four years, 80 mil, five years, 80 mil, something like that. He got a shit ton of money from the Chicago Bears, which I kind of respect. I don't want to come on here and make it seem like, oh, my God, Ryan Poles is an idiot. Why would you pay that guy? I respect Poles. Poles is trying to do the same thing. They had $90 million to spend. He's putting his nuts on the table a little bit. I respect Poles going out and bringing in pieces that are going to immediately upgrade the Chicago Bears. Now, it's a little easier to upgrade that Bears team, right? There's a a more stark talent gap at pretty much every position group. But Alex Anzalone Tremaine Edmonds. We got one guy getting paid six a year. We got the other guy getting paid 15, 16, something like that a year. Anzalone, Tremaine, they produced pretty similarly in 2022. If you took the names away, you didn't know who was who, you didn't know who played for who and who was getting paid what. You looked at the two players, you go, eh, about the same. They're they're both free agents. Eh, They might get similar contracts. Alex Anzalone, a little bit older. Um, And again, I, I agree. I'd probably rather have Tremaine Edmonds, <clears throat> but would I rather have Tremaine Edmonds for ten more million dollars a year? I don't think I would. I think I'm okay with Anzalone on the bargain at that point, and he's a captain. The, the coaches, the staff, everybody in the organization seems to love the guy. I know Anzalone one of those one of those dudes who's like public enemy number one when shit hits the fan for the defense each year, as far as the fans go. Um, but he's a captain. He's been around for a minute. I mean, he seems like a football guy. Anybody who has long hair like that, anybody who's playing football with hair exposed, just willing and able to be tugged on, that's a football guy. And he plays middle linebacker. And he's not flashy. Like, his whole thing is just like a jacked white dude who's going to fill the C gap. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Alex Anzalone fits the mold. I love everything we've done so far, though. And, you know, there's a couple things to, to be discussed. Um I think most of the signings, like I said, Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, the two bigger ones, the two new faces other than David Montgomery, just the good moves. Uh, there's not really much else to say about them. I don't think there's anybody out there, at least not that I've seen, that's shitting on those. I don't know how you could. Uh, we knew coming into the offseason, cornerback was far and away the number one area of need for the Lions. We just got a guy from the Steelers who I I think was pretty good. Um, Steelers fans seem to be upset that they let him go for $11 million a year. So it feels like we got a good player there. And anybody, by the way, anybody is a good player. Like I was never expecting the Lions to go out and get a Sauce Gardner or a Patrick Sertan. I wasn't expecting us to somehow pull in the, a top five corner in the NFL. What I was hoping or what I was expecting us to pull in are just NFL starters or just other guys who played cornerback. Every down that they were healthy for other teams that were decent. Niners went to the NFC Championship. The Steelers missed the playoffs, but I think they were like, they won nine games, eight games, something like that. Like a pretty, you know, pretty decent team. And the reason they lost so many games wasn't because of that defense. I will take both of those guys happily. We're getting another NFL starter from a pretty good defense in Pittsburgh that's going to come into Detroit. And day one, he moves to the top of the depth chart. Yeah, please give me that because this is the best part. This is the best part, the most unsung part. All those other guys we were counting on this year to take the CB1 reps to guard the Justin Jeffersons to put their nuts on the line and play way bigger than they were, all those guys get to slide down one ring, one rung on the depth chart, a little less pressure, don't have to do as much. Maybe your your responsibility is a little more equivalent to your talent level. You're more successful at that new job. Everybody fucking wins. And then you back that up with Emmanuel. I kept saying Flowers in the TikTok. Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Flowers, MSUDB, formerly. MSU brain fucked me up. Emmanuel Mosley. One year, $6 From the San Francisco 49ers. Same shit. I'm scrolling through Twitter now. I'll be honest with you. I'd never heard of Emmanuel Mosley. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know he played for San Francisco. Um, was completely unaware of his existence. Didn't even know he played football, if we're being totally honest with you. So we signed the guy. I see, hey, Lions has got a corner. He's from San Francisco. Um, Emmanuel's a cool name. Saw a couple pictures of him. He looks pretty sweet. He looks like uh, he would be good at football. Uh, pretty good so far. I don't know much about him statistically. Um, I don't know much about him as far as is he actually good. I've never watched him play. From what I understand, he got hurt this past year, a little ACL bump. Not great. Not great. Nobody likes to hear their new corner. They just signed as ACL issues. But apparently before he had the ACL injury, he was great for San Francisco. He was one of the better players, and we know that San Francisco defense was lights out. So same deal, dude. We get a cornerback who was a uh, contributor as long as he was healthy for one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yes, please, please come to Detroit. And a one-year, $6 million deal, that's free. That He's not even on the fucking cap. Forget about it. One-year, $6 million. same deal as the Pittsburgh fans. I saw Emmanuel Mosley get signed. I go, I'm just 49ers Twitter. Let's see what we can find. Let's dig back, right? Let's look through the threads. Let's see some replies, and let's see where we can tra- trace this thing back to. People going, oh, my God. we We let him go for six? 49ers fans can't believe it. For six, they were expecting this guy to get eight, nine, $10 million a year. They let him walk away from San Francisco from a team in the heart of their Super Bowl window with one of the best defenses in the NFL. They let this guy walk away for six. Niners fans couldn't believe it. I can, though. That fires me up, too. Now, same deal. Everybody moves down a rung. We've added two corners already right off the rip. Haven't had the draft. Two corners who are going to be our top two corners immediately. Already on the team. Already done. Signed, sealed, delivered. They are going to be wearing Honolulu blue next year. You would think those two signings alone, our defense should be better. I don't know how much better. Um, Again, we didn't sign Sauce Gardner or Patrick Sertain. I don't know how much better. I don't know, know if we're going to be turning the ball over 20 times a game. I don't know if we'll be a top five scoring defense in the league. I don't know to what extent um, the magnitude of their arrival will have, but I do know it will be better. I do know the pass defense will be better. I do know we'll be able to blitz more with those guys back there. I do know our cornerback three, our cornerback four, if we're in big pass-covered sets, I do know that those guys will be more capable of guarding their men. I do know Jeff Okuda will have a better time playing football this year. I do know Mike White, Jerry Jacobs, all of those guys will be more successful this year and I do know the person we do have to throw out against Justin Jefferson, he's going to be better off this year. He's going to have more to say about that Vikings game this year. Whenever we play an elite wide receiver talent, you get the Philadelphia Eagles where they got two, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. We've got far more of an answer this coming year than we did last year. That is a great fucking feeling. Now the next question is, and we'll address it, um, you know, as we get closer to the draft, like I said, we still got like a month or so. So before the draft, we'll do an episode. I'm sure where the only fucking thing we talk about is the NFL draft and the Detroit lions. But now it's like, do you, do you still go corner in the draft? Emmanuel Mosley, like we said, is on the one year deal. Um, those other guys, Mike White, Jeff Okuda, Jerry Jacobs. It's tough to say if any of those got like, A.O. even how much of contributors are those guys going to be like if we are trying to win a Super Bowl right now, which it feels like the the moves we're making, the tone from the front office, the feeling around the franchise. I don't want this to be misconstrued real, real quick, real quick. I need to clarify. I don't want this to be taken out of context. I'm a Lions fan. Twenty five years. I know what it means to be a Lions fan. I'm not saying we're going to be a Super Bowl favorite. I'm not saying it's Super Bowl or bust next year. I'm not saying watch out for the Detroit Lions. We might fuck around and win the thing. Maybe. I don't know. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow too. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Hopefully not to that. Hopefully, yes, to the Lions winning the Super Bowl. What I do know is the feeling around the franchise, the way Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and these guys were talking about it at the end of last year, the way they talked about it at all in the offseason, the way they're operating right now, it feels like they know that the Super Bowl window is about either opening or about to open. It feels like they know now's the time. They saw what we had last year. They saw the core that we have on the offensive line and the defensive line, the two most important position groups in the game. They saw what we could do once we started to put things together and everybody was pulling in the same direction. They saw what happened. They knew we just needed a little help in a couple different spots and the way they're moving, the signings we've made already, the the position groups they're targeting, the contracts Holmes is giving, um both of the term and the monetary value, it feels like right now the the guys in charge of our team they're trying to they're they're like gearing up to win a Super Bowl. That's what it feels like. That's what it seems like. I don't know. I, I haven't talked to Brad Holmes. I haven't hung out with him. I don't know him personally. Um, I don't think Brad Holmes has come out and said, yeah, we're going to win. the." God damn it, dude. I don't think Brad Holmes, these fucking hiccups. I don't think Brad Holmes has come out and said, yeah, we're going to try and win the Super Bowl this year. Maybe he has and I missed it. I don't know if anybody's explicitly said that, but I guarantee you if you're in those meetings or like you're at Brad Holmes's third eye, you're in his brain. You're a worm who crawled in through his ear while he was asleep. You listen to that guy's thoughts. I bet you he's going, I don't know about a Super Bowl this year, but next year, yeah, next year is time for sure. Year after that, for sure. Like I, he's fucking. We're trying to make some shit happen. It's definitely winning the NFC North. I mean, that's definitely the target for these guys right now. Every move we've made is going to improve our team next year. We're bringing back a couple core pieces for the culture, like Anzalone, who we mentioned, um, and. We we kind of upgraded. This David Montgomery deal is something else. That the David Montgomery deal is the biggest sign where I'm like, oh shit, like we're not fucking around. Brad Holmes, we're we're he's trying to win a fucking Super Bowl. Like that's it, plain and simple. We are not fucking around. Brad Holmes wants it. Brad Holmes is gonna be cutthroat. He's gonna be savage. He knows it's a business and he doesn't give a fuck who was part of this, who was part of that, who's a culture guy, who the fans love. He's going to get the best player for the lowest amount of money and the guys that make sense, that fit in the culture, that can come in and make plays on the field and are going to do their part off the field. He's going to get any guy he can that makes sense monetarily, financially, the numbers. He's going to get him on the Detroit Lions. He's he's trying to build the powerhouse. I'm sure he wanted to bring Jamal Williams back because this Montgomery deal – It doesn't look great for jammy. I'm sure he wanted to bring him back. I'm sure he loved having him. I'm sure Dan Campbell more than anybody loved having that guy. He was one of those people who was like a coach on the field, another voice in the locker room, just somebody to kind of like be a rallying cry for this new culture. They were trying to instill this Montgomery signing. I don't know if Jamal's coming back. It's the way it fucking goes. You can get a better player who's a couple years younger for, depending on what Jamal Williams was asking for, either cheaper or, you know, the same price. And, and let's face it, guys, David Montgomery's a better player. You watch the Bears the last few years. You watch David Montgomery run. David Montgomery's a better player. And the Bears have been ass. They've given him no help. That guy's never once run behind an offensive line that looks like the Detroit Lions. And he's still been pretty good. He still makes a couple plays. Yeah, he's not Barry Sanders by any means. But David Montgomery will break a couple of rounds. Oh, I don't know he had that kind of speed. Oh, I don't know he could make a move like that. He's not afraid to lower the shoulder and fall forward for a first down. He's not afraid to get dirty. He's a hard-nosed cat. He'll fit just fine with these guys. Him and Dan Campbell will get along real nice. I don't know if he watches as much Naruto as Jamal Williams. I don't know if he'll be as outspoken as Jamal Williams. I don't even know if he'll be the same level of leader that Jamal Williams was even behind closed doors what i do know is when the whistle blows and we're between the white lines he's going to do some shit for us out of the backfield i do know that at 6 million dollars a year a couple years younger three year deal for him again i don't know what Jamal Williams is asking for Jamal Williams was asking for 2 million a year for 3 years then fine maybe yeah bring back Jamal i don't know but if Jamal's at, if it was the same deal Jamal's looking for 3 years at 6 a year it's a no brainer to go to get David Montgomery. It's a no-brainer. And this is what we got to come to terms with. As Lions fans. That's a winning move by Brad Holmes. I hate to say it because I, I love Jamal Williams too. It's a whole dog around this mug. Fucking yes, dude. Put some respect on Detroit. It's a whole dog around that. how fucking sweet was he. Have to, uh, how sweet was he to have on the team, dude? How great was it knowing we had a guy like that in the locker room? A fucking, if you can't, you want to play with the puppies, stay on the porch. Dude, had bars for the Lions. A guy that you know when shit wasn't going right, even this past season, he was in people's ears. He was staying up at practice. He was getting on your fucking ass to work harder so we can win a damn football game. You know he was one of those guys. David Montgomery, don't know too much about him. Strikes me as a little bit more of a quiet guy. But listen, I don't care how loud or quiet you are. If you can bust an 80-yard run for six points, I'll take it. If you can make a guy miss in a phone booth, I'll take it. If on third and three you can fall for four, I'll fucking take it. David Montgomery is a damn good ball player, dude. You play fantasy football. He's a guy you always had on your team. Yeah, he usually got hurt. Yeah, the Bears offense sucked. but when he played. He was pretty good. He got you a couple points, or is that just me? Maybe. I like David Montgomery, though. And imagine this guy with some help. I Like, he was running behind an offensive line, made a toilet paper. And he still did some things. He still would flash. You talk to any of your Bears fans' friends. I listen to uh, those Barstool Chicago guys. You listen to them during the football season talk about, you know, the, the very few highlights of the Bears. David Montgomery's a name who's always getting brought up. I like that guy. He runs hard. Hey, he's a good player. Every fucking time, every season, David Montgomery is a guy who gets named for the Bears. Where it's like, and he's a pretty good guy. Like we got we got a guy here. He might not be, you know, a future cornerstone. Build your team around a running back. He's not Saquon Barkley. We got a good ball player though. We got a good running back. I'll take that, David Montgomery. And that's the other thing. David Montgomery, up until this year when he got hurt and Khalil Herbert kind of took his spot. David Montgomery, his role with the Bears up until this year was was the the main guy. He's the premier running back. He's the dude getting the ball 67% of the time they run it. You know what I mean? Justin Fields took his job a little bit. Khalil Herbert took his job a little bit. That's fine. That's fine. I'm sure David was fine with that. Running behind a bunch of fucking pasta noodles for the first four years of his career. I'm sure. He saw what the Lions did. He was at those games. He saw us dismantle them at Ford Field on New Year's Day. He saw that comeback happen before his eyes at Soldier. Like, he's seen the Lions. He knows what we do well. He's watched the film. He's heard. He knows our offensive line fucking abuses teams. You don't think David Montgomery is not going to wake up tomorrow and do a thousand fucking jumping jacks just thinking about running off Penny Sewell's ass, running left, hey, run left, Penny Sewell just cleared off the entire defense, dude. You can fucking, you can backpedal to the end zone, Dave. Enjoy, buddy. Welcome to a life, Dave, where you don't get hit two yards in the backfield every single time you get the ball. Welcome to a life, Dave, where our play-action game is so lethal, they're going to forget to defend the run. Welcome to that, Dave. And on top of all that, I don't think he's even going to be the premier back. I still think there's another move to be made in the backfield, or at least – I think there's another move that will be made. Whether Brad Holmes, I don't think DeAndre Swift's coming back. I think he's letting Swift walk. And I think he, I don't know, maybe he trades for a guy like Austin Eckler who's hitting the market. I don't know if trading for, I don't know if trading for a running back makes a ton of sense though. Bijan Robinson, maybe somebody in the second round. Like he's about to go get somebody else that's going to help David Montgomery. It's not going to be the David Montgomery show. We re-signed Craig Reynolds. He's another guy who I thought was great. He's another guy who's kind of an unsung hero for the Lions this past year. Didn't do a ton of crazy things, right? He wasn't Swift. He wasn't Jamal Williams with the 17 touchdowns. But when his number was called, Craig Reynolds delivered. Runs hard, plays the right way. Again, I think he's one of the dudes they talked about in hard knocks, if you remember way back in the summertime when they were like, man, he, you know, he just doesn't have the same talent as some of these guys, man, but... I, fuck, I love having him on the team, man. He's one of those guys I love having. I want to put him on the field, man. I'm pretty sure they were talking about Craig Reynolds. One of those dudes, he's not the fastest in the world, not the strongest, doesn't have the best agility, whatever it is. He's maybe not the no- most physically gifted running back. He does everything the right way. He busts his ass. Yes, sir. No, sir. Culture guy fits right in. You call his number. He doesn't play all game. You call his number in the fourth quarter. He's ready to fucking go, and he delivers. I love Craig Reynolds. I love that re-signing. I'm, I'm happy. I was very happy when they didn't cut him last year. I love the re-signing. He's an ideal running back three. And while we're on the topic, Justin Jackson too. I thought Justin Jackson was great. I thought he was fucking awesome. Like I thought Justin Jackson, he was unreal for a running back three, running back four, kind of splitting that role with uh, Craig Reynolds. Dude, I thought Justin Jackson was better than that. Like I thought Justin Jackson, he's same deal. Didn't get the ball a ton. Didn't get his number called a ton. But it felt like every time he did, he made a play. I, re- I think it was the Giants game. He uh, caught a – it was like third and ten. And he caught a little flare and there were two defenders on him and it didn't look like he was going anywhere. He made like one shoulder fake and cut upfield and split the defenders and picked up the first down. It was a massive – I think it was the Giants. It was a massive, massive play in that game. One of the plays that ended up leading up to the Lions winning It wasn't the Brock Wright touchdown, obviously. So, you know, it doesn't get the same love or people don't remember it or talk about it as much. But it was a crucial fucking play in that game. Dude, he ran hard. He's a pretty quick dude. He can catch out of the backfield. Justin Jackson's another guy that I love. Like, God forbid, if we go into the season and it's Montgomery, it's Jackson, and it's Craig Reynolds, I won't feel too bad about that, to be honest. I don't think that will be the final group, but I wouldn't feel too bad about that because, again, Running behind an offensive line like the offensive line we're going to have, the running back talent, it becomes a little, who cares, you know? Yeah, there's a couple plays DeAndre Swift made this past year where it, it, the offensive line didn't have much to do with it. The other running backs wouldn't have made those plays, right? Like a couple of those screen passes he caught. You can make some moves. DeAndre Swift can do some stuff that the other guys on in our backfield couldn't do. Uh, He could do some stuff that either made up for missed blocks or kind of ignore. it didn't even matter. It made the offensive line play irrelevant for sure. And a guy like Bijan Robinson could do the same, right? He'll take something to the house that David Montgomery is only going to get you to the 40-yard line, right? He can make it more guys miss. He's got the better vision. Sure, Bijan Robinson maybe has more of that ability or somebody else in the draft or a guy like Eckler you can go and trade for. But at the end of the day, how many plays – are really there to be made for a running back? That that's like a massive swing in a game. I, if you look at running backs, for the most part, unless you're special, unless you're special, unless you're Kenneth Walker at MSU, unless you're Barry Sanders, like even those Zeke Elliott years, he what do you go like fourth overall? Those Ezekiel Elliott years with the Cowboys, yeah, Zeke was great. They're off; they had the best offensive line in the league. He took the snap and ran in a straight line and trucked they dude for twelve yards, like. Yeah, he was a good player, but they had the best line in Anybody could have done that. I don't know if going and getting a guy like Bijan or going and getting one of these dudes that is going to be a little more electric than David Montgomery. I don't know how much of a difference that makes in the run game. I mean, yes, it'll make it better, but I don't know if it's enough to warrant spending a pick, a high pick on a guy like Robinson or expending or capital to trade for a guy like Eckler. I don't know. I don't think Brad Holmes will bring Swift back. Um, I do think whether it's the draft or a trade or maybe another free agent, he will sign another running back. I don't know who it is. Um, I don't really know how I feel about either case either. Like, I don't know how I feel about potentially getting Bijan Robinson. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But no matter what happens already, right? David Montgomery was a great move. David Montgomery was an upgrade. As much as we love Jamal and I love the guy too. I watched the interviews. I saw him do the Naruto hand shit. I heard him during the interviews. It's all dogging this monk. Fuck yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah, bro. I wanted us to re-sign him too. We got a better player who's younger for you. You would assume a similar type deal that Jamal's going to get. And the one counter argument to be made, player and leader aside, for Jamal is he had 17 touchdowns. He broke Barry Sanders' record. Yes, I agree, and this kind of comes back to the Bijan thing where, like, how much does a running back matter? He had 17 touchdowns. He broke Barry's record. He had, like, nine one-yard touchdowns. Look at how many of those touchdowns he ran in from the one. I could have run those in. You could have run those in. Bijan Robinson, Justin Jackson, it doesn't fucking matter. David Montgomery, it doesn't matter. Anybody could have run those in. From the one-yard line, that is your offensive line moving people, and that is is the most important part of the run game. Having a sweet running back who can make cuts and is the fastest guy, that's nice. What's a lot nicer and a lot more important is having the dudes up front who open holes for any old any old guy to run through. And that's what we got. David Montgomery is a good player. David Montgomery is a good player. Um, Brad is, dude, I, I, I love what Brad's doing. Plain and simple. We got Kaminsky coming back two years, nine and a half. He was a good player, plug in the middle for us last year. Had a couple sacks. Uh, we talked about Craig Reynolds, Isaiah Bugs, two years, four and a half million, another good deal, another guy who was great up the middle for us defensively. Um, and I love that, like Bugs, another guy you saw all year, wants to be in Detroit, like really bought into the culture, felt like one of those dudes who hopefully could be here to stay for the long term when we get this thing going. Anzalone, we talked about same deal, Kaminsky. Right when the season ended, you heard John Kaminsky going, oh, "Fuck." I really want to be in Detroit. I hope I get to stay in Detroit. Same deal. And we're bringing these guys back, dude. We're, we're bringing the guys back to kind of bring along the culture. Meanwhile, we're picking off a couple others that are upgrade talent here, bringing a better player here. Okay. Better talent here. Meanwhile, we're upgrading a little bit and we still got a draft ahead of us. We still got a draft or we've got like four picks, five picks in the top 60, something like that. We still got a draft ahead of us where we got five guys that are going to be probably expected to play day one. Maybe not start day one, but it's in some way, shape, or form expected to contribute day one. We won nine games last year. It's an exciting fucking time. All right, quick break. We'll talk a, a hair of March Madness. Just a hair. Because so I said this would all be Lions. Hair. Of March Madness, and I got to talk about this sweet-ass shirt I'm wearing. Quick break. March Madness, baby. Michigan wins their NIT fucking blockbuster against Toledo. Good for Michigan. I am happy for Michigan fans. It's a big one. Um, you can you can go to sleep tonight. <laughs> uh, resting easy, knowing Juwan's the guy for the job. You found the one. He is Mr. March. He's undefeated at Chrysler at home in March, I think. This year? I don't even know if that's true. He's undefeated in the NIT. That is true. Um, They're feeling good. It's fucking three seed. Hunter Dickinson's the best big in the tournament. Good for Michigan fans. I am happy for them. Michigan State, we got USC Friday morning. Friday afternoon, I guess, for the East Coast. Dude, Pacific time is kind of bullshit. Just a little. I do like Pacific time. I like it for every weekend sporting event. But these weekday games, bro, 9.15 in the morning on a Friday? What's that about? What is that about? 9.15 in the morning. And I quit it. Quit it. Right now you quit it. You're sitting there saying, you take work off. How did you take work off? It's... It's still nine fifteen in the morning. I'm not in college. I don't I don't want my day to be over at nine fifteen AM. I'd like to do some shit. If I'm gonna take work off, it's a couple things I'd like to do. I get at St. Patrick's Day. Doesn't really get me going though, like it, like it used to. You know what I mean? Saint Patrick's Day in college even was like, Yeah, it's all right. We wake up way too fucking early, but I guess we're drinking, so it's pretty cool. Like St. Patrick's Day has always been – we've got the long list of the days. New Year's Eve, some people it's Halloween. I love Halloween personally, but I hear you on New Year's Eve. There's all those different days. They're so hyped up. Maybe your birthday, hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, and then you finally get there and it's like, well, that sucked. St. Patrick's Day, dude. Not that it sucks, but it's like, oh, my God, it's St. Patrick's Day we're green. We're going to party. We're going to drink beer. And then the day happens and you're like, that's it. Like that's what we're getting fucking jazzed for. Every bar has a line. The beer's green, which sucks, dude. The beer, the green beer. I don't know if this is a hot take. The green beer is the worst thing that's happened to St. Patrick's day stains your clothes, stains your teeth, stains your hands right off the rip. Three just things that are an absolute nuisance. Right, You don't go to the bar and ask for flaming Hot Cheetos, do you? You don't ask for your beer to be flaming Hot Cheetos colored, do you? Stains everything fucking annoying. Beyond that, every bar has a line. So if you do magically get in there, if you haven't had to wait four hours on St. Patrick's Day while you're getting hungover from the pregame just to get into this bar, and you finally get into that bar, and you're finally able to order some of the green beer, you are getting bumped and tossed around. It feels like you're in a washing machine. That green beer is going everywhere. And beyond that, the green beer, it tastes like shit. You might not want to admit it. The biggest St. Patrick's Day stands out there may refuse to say it. Green beer tastes like ass. That's a fact, dude. Green beer tastes worse than regular beer. That's a fact. Why the fuck do we got to diet green? It's the worst part of the holiday. Just give me a normal beer. Put it in a green can. Use a green cup if you want to. Don't give me that disgusting dyed beer. You shit green for like a week afterwards. Everything's green. Your pillows are green. Your blankets green. Your hands are green. Your shoes are green. Everything you own is green. You're like, not only was that not that fun, the beer sucked too. And it's hurting my stomach. All that fucking food poisoning. What even is food poisoning? I mean, food coloring. (laughs) What even is food coloring? I don't know. You're drinking paint paint beer fucking charlie kelly. kelly does that kind of shit all the time and always sunny i don't think it makes his stomach hurt but it can't be good they tell him not to do it the other characters come on dude come on dude st patty's day i don't want to wake up at nine fifteen, come on pacific time now twelve fifteen eastern um that's much better that's much better if you took that day off work you could probably kick your St. Paddy's Day off right there with that steak game. Like crack that first beer right around noon. Maybe get one down the hatch before the game starts just to calm the nerves and then you can get into your St. Paddy's Day. That's beautiful. I don't want to be done at 9:15. I should do some laundry. I got to get my passport renewed. I got some shit to do. It's 9:15. But we got USC. I'm I'm in enemy territory as it as it sits as I speak. Either or. I drove to work today, saw someone with a USC sticker on the back of their car, debated throwing pennies at it, didn't, um, you know, because of lawsuits and and me being poor and all of that good stuff. So I didn't throw the pennies, but I, I wanted to, I at least wanted to pull them over and be like, do you even know you have a game this week? You fucking frauds. We got USC. Nobody cares about the football program. Okay. Let's just get that clear. Nobody cares about USC football here. And I thought people cared about USC football. So I can't even imagine that like half the USC flags, half the stickers, I can't imagine that half of those people even know they got a basketball game this week. Um, You know, it's different. I'm not like in Ohio playing Ohio state, right? I'm not in Tuscaloosa and we're playing Alabama. I'm in Southern California. We're playing the university of Southern Cal the problem is nobody that's a fan actually cares about their sport team. They care about which director graduated. Who at the Oscars is a Red? That's what they care about, which is fine. I like movies too, you know, but it takes a little bit of the vim and the vigor out of the March Madness uh, matchup. Anyways, we'll talk about that tomorrow's episode, right? Well, we're going to do a March Madness episode. I'm going to sit down in the same chair tomorrow and we're going to rip March Madness for like a half hour. And here's the other thing. I don't know shit about USC either. I just know I want to beat their ass. I just know I want to be able to watch a game Sunday where I don't need to wake up at 9 a.m., where I don't need to take a day of work off, where I don't need to call in sick, where I don't need to hit my space bar every 10 minutes and just lock in on the game, where I don't need to cash my entire day if I want a drink for the state game. That's what I want. Sweet 16, that'd be nice. Final four would be fucking great. Dude, I just want to get a game. Just give me a game Sunday. Just give me one game on the weekends where all my friends and I can meet up. We'll go play Marquette. We'll get excited. It'll be fun. And then whatever happens happens, just give me one of those. So we'll talk some March Madness tomorrow. And last thing I say before we sign off, uh, thank you to everybody. Thank you. If you're not watching YouTube, can you hear this? I'm doing the hands praying. Thanks emoji. Thank you to everybody who supported The Detroit mascots dropped this past weekend. Uh, Definitely the most successful release I've ever had. I started selling the t-shirts in the fall of 2019. That's the first time I ever sold one, I should say, or the first time I ever tried to. I was still in college then. I still for sure didn't take it even remotely seriously. I was more concerned about shooting pool and day drinking on a Tuesday or whatever the case was. I definitely didn't take it very seriously. I really locked in when COVID hit, like May, 2020. That's when I actually buckled down and tried to make money off of it, tried to make it a real thing, tried to start working towards, hopefully, it being able to replace my job one day, or at least in some respect. So in the nearly three years, May will be three, this is by far the biggest release I've ever had, by far. Um, By far, the most anticipation leading up to it, by far, the most sales, by far the most attention around it, by far the most I've ever had people like messaging me about it, whether they're asking questions, whether they're just, I don't know, sending like positive words of encouragement. Um, I've never had more people comment, like my friends commenting on it, messaging me, who, you know, they've seen me release three years worth of shirts now. They don't really get to, oh shit, that's a cool design. I've had uh, most friends I've ever had going, dude, this one's, that's a banger. I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported, like I said, 50% of the proceeds we're going to send to the Spartan Strong Foundation. It ended up being like 3,418, something like, I don't know, I can't remember the exact number. It was 3,400 and change, something like that, which is pretty fucking good in my eyes. 3,400 for like one guy who makes shirts and my entire form of marketing is just me on Twitter, (laughs) me on the podcast, me on TikTok. I'll take that. I don't have a team around me. I don't have a bunch of people who get me in contact with celebrities or or the athletes of Detroit to wear my shit. I don't have connections at Instagram. I don't work with photographers. I don't have people who are familiar with the commerce space. I'm a kid who graduated from Michigan state with an engineering degree um, who wanted to do something more creative, wanted a side hustle, saw a, a vacancy In the t-shirt game saw that all these big companies, Nike, Fanatics, wherever people traditionally get their stuff, they put the least amount of fucking effort. it, It still pisses me off. These guys got all the licenses. They can use the actual logos. They can use the word marks. They can use whatever they want. And they put the laziest, most piss poor efforts into all of their designs for colleges, for pros, like all of these designs, these big companies make are just so fucking cheap and lazy. Drove me nuts. Sat in my internship one day, made the casual cashes design and decided, "Eh, well, I'll do some more of these. Why not? And here we are. And now the beginning of March, 2023 had our biggest release yet. So I appreciate everybody who supported. I really do. It's, it's fucking cool. It's kind of mind blowing because it doesn't always feel like I know the reach has grown and I know the community has grown and like this podcast has grown. The number of people out there listening has grown. Um, the people who follow me on those different platforms has grown. I know the number of people who even pay attention to the second string and the shirts and stuff. I know that's grown, but it's hard to gauge, I guess, to what point it's grown exactly. And sure, Amon Ra did a lot of the heavy lifting wearing this shirt in the first place and kind of getting the ball rolling with like, where the fuck did this shirt come from? Things unreal. So I have to give credit where credit's due. Amon Ra, you're a master marketer, my friends, but it still kind of blew my mind. Like how many people this reached? How many people were on the website? Like I said, people reaching out, trying to get it all that good stuff. It's very cool. It's very cool. It's all due to you, right? Like it's people telling others my tweets can only get so far. The videos I make only get so far. It comes down to people like you telling your friends, telling your family, whoever wants listen listener would be interested. So I really appreciate it. And then again, $3,400 to a great cause in the wake of a terrible tragedy, something close to home <clears throat> for me, um, obviously at Michigan State. Feels good to be able to help. Like, I don't know, dude. Sending sending $20, if that's all I made from the shirts would have been like, hey, that's pretty cool that you know, like this platform and this brand that I've built, yes, yes, for my own sake and for my own ability to do something entertaining as a job one day and and for my own ability to make money. Yes, that is the end goal, but to be able to use that and something that doesn't always feel very big to me and generate so much for a worthy cause, something close to home where I can like truly give back to one of the places that made me feels very good. It feels very good. And it's all thanks to you. So I just wanted to say, I appreciate everybody who supported, um, who will continue to put support going forward on future designs. I don't know. It's kind of fucking mind-blowing seeing this thing grow. It is. This design, I, I got to say, though, as great as you people are, as nice as everybody is, as overwhelming as the support, I don't fucking blame you because this design is a goddamn heater, dude. Look at that. If you're on YouTube, check that shit out, man. God damn that thing is fucking icy so thanks again uh people asking also will it go on sale ever again i don't know maybe i don't know i don't have plans for it right now but like maybe once in the fall maybe i'll put it on sale in like august i don't know uh, we'll see i got a bunch of designs like i've said before on here i want to start doing more streetwear stuff that isn't just sports related kind of want to start making, I don't know if making a name for the brand count, like is it not counts, but is what I'm trying to say. Cause I don't really give a fuck if Kith and the second string are on the same scale one day, I just want to start making, I just want to make cool shirts that don't need to be related to sports. Pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much where I'm going. It'd be cool if one day people are like, Oh, the second string that's sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd rather have them go, Oh, that's a cool design. I want that. Oh, where's it from? Okay. I'd rather have me like, that's Design's cool. Message is cool. Art's cool. Give me that. That's the plan. So we get we got a bunch of stuff coming up this summer. Going to stray away a little bit from the sports after opening day. And then uh, we'll get back to it in the fall, of course, because, you know, Nick Bradley making rent foundation isn't going to fund itself. All right, folks. That's all I got today. I appreciate you. I love you. Hope you have a wonderful Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you're listening. I'm going to do another episode for Thursday. Um, I'll probably fuck around and do another episode Friday, to be honest. We'll see what happens. I, Dude, I may even mess around, depending on how I'm feeling Friday night, depending on if state wins, I might mess around and release an episode Saturday. Follow, subscribe on YouTube, follow the feed in Spotify or in Apple, wherever you listen, because look, I don't have, a, I should have a rhyme or reason. I should release every Monday, Wednesday, Friday or whatever. I don't have a schedule. I just kind of turn it on and I go when I'm feeling like it. So follow along, subscribe, whatever it is. So you don't miss anything because God forbid that happens and you miss out on the best 45 minutes of your day, potentially every day. All right. Thanks again, everyone. We'll catch you tomorrow.